Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Podcateers. I'm really happy and very fortunate to finally have had a chance to sit down and chat with artist Bridget McCarty. Bridget is currently known within the Disney community for being one of the artists that painted some of the Easter eggs earlier this year at Big Thunder Ranch. She also had a feature painting in the Ghostly Materials exhibit to celebrate the 45th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion. And most recently, she finished being one of the master pumpkin carvers, uh, also back at the Big Thunder Ranch area. Uh, What many of her fans don't know is that she makes these incredible pieces of miniature art. And, I mean, I'm going to have to post some of these on the blog post for this episode, which will be at podcateers.com slash episode 20, because you absolutely need to see them to believe them. They are so freaking adorable. I love them. Um... In the episode, we get a chance to talk a little bit about her upbringing and how she started with her miniature business and even gives a little bit of advice to up-and-coming artists about some of the things that they can do to level up their artistic and business game. Uh, If you want to follow Bridget, you can do so by going to facebook.com slash Bridget McCarty Art. On Instagram, she she goes by the same username, at Bridget McCarty Art, and she is at Dollhouse Pets on Twitter. Uh, All of these links will be posted at podcateers.com slash episode 20 in case you want to take a look or click through or anything like that. Uh, They'll be there along with some of the pictures of her stuff. Take a look at them. Leave a comment. They are awesome. Um, Okay, so before we get into the episode, I want to let you guys know that we have a Christmas giveaway coming up. So more details will be revealed in the coming weeks. If you guys are listening through iTunes, please take a moment to leave a review for us if you like what you hear. And please tell your friends and family if you think they might enjoy our podcast. Thank you to all of you that have already taken the time to leave the comments, send us emails, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram, Uh, to all of you that uh, go out of your way to try to find us when we're in the park. uh, Thank you so, so, so very much. We truly appreciate all of your support. Um, Finally, I want to remind you guys that uh, you can find out more about us and this episode at podcateers.com. There you will find all of our episode notes and all of our socially links, like the fact that we are at facebook.com slash and that we're also at podcateers on Instagram and the tweets. All right, that is it. Uh, time for me to cut out. I will see you guys next week. I really hope you guys enjoy the episode. Here we go with episode 20 of Podcateers with our guest, Bridget McCarty. This is our podcast. It's about three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is Podcateers. Are we recording? We are recording. Well, hello. Hello. I am sitting in an undisclosed location with today's guest, uh, Bridget McCarty. How are you, Bridget? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much for finally joining us. Oh, I'm I so excited. That, <laughs> I know that this has been a long time coming. Uh, I would have loved to have had you on the podcast very, very early on, but I know you had other obligations to get to, and you had other things that had to get done, so I know your schedule didn't permit it at the time, so I'm very, very glad that you're with, that you're here with us today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy with myself. Um, so, I met you 
earlier this year at when you were doing the Easter painting for the eggs. Mm -hmm. um, I loved it. I love it because I, as you know, I love to photograph things and I love vibrant colors. I love what you guys were doing with those eggs. And recently, for the second time, correct, you were doing the pumpkin carving. Yeah, this is my second season. I started last year, so we just finished the second season of pumpkin carving, and it, it was amazing. It was wonderful. There's, it's growing every year, so it's getting bigger and bigger, and I can't wait to see what the Easter eggs are going to be next year because if it, this, this whole new Easter egg decorating for um, the Disney artists in... Big Thunder Ranch Jamboree. This this is something that started in 2014. It's never been done before, and it was received so well that I am pretty sure. I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm counting on the fact that it's going to be done again next year in 2015, and it's usually a couple months before the actual Easter holiday. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that they'll do it again. Uh, I I can definitely say that everything that you guys have done has been well received. I know it was, especially during the Halloween season, it was you, uh, Joe Yakovetic, and uh, one other gentleman was doing the pumpkin carving. Ray Brown. Ray Brown. Yeah. And, I mean, everything you guys were producing was just so awesome. Um, I, I wish I had the skills to carve pumpkins the way that you guys do, because it would actually bring traffic to our street during Halloween. There's Aww. absolutely no foot traffic there. So we just go somewhere else to trick or treat. Aww, but it would okay. be great. It would be great. And like I said, the, the Easter eggs were just fantastic. Uh, it wasn't even just the fact that you guys were painting them, but you guys were putting your own spin on a lot of it. You guys were adding the glitter. And you guys were adding horns to the Maleficent egg. And yeah. it was an excellent. Yeah, it was very um, excellent. It was excellent. Uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad that they're doing a lot more things uh, back there because Big Thunder Ranch has always been one of those areas of the park that's not very highly trafficked. You yeah. don't see a lot of people back there. there. There hasn't been a big reason to be back there other than maybe the barbecue. The barbecue, yeah. yeah. That, that's a really great barbecue, especially oh. if you're a vegetarian. They actually have tofu skewers. What? Yeah. Really? I <laughs> yeah. didn't know that. I, I don't... I like to eat seafood and vegetarian, so I guess I'd be considered a pescatarian, and that's actually a great place to go. The, the baked beans are vegetarian, they have tofu skewers. Well, so. there you go. There's a pro tip from Bridget. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys want tofu skewers at the barbecue place, now you know where to go. Cool. So, uh, I've heard you talk a little bit about how you got started as an artist, and uh, I heard you talk about... Uh, once how your mom was an artist also and how that influenced you into becoming an artist now Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, as a you know, my mom was uh, an artist. That's that's her specialty uh, She was a muralist a painter and she did signs too. So usually when I couldn't get a babysitter when she couldn't arrange a babysitter for me. I'd go to work with her, and it was kind of a long day. It wasn't the funnest day, but little did I know, I was actually learning the business of art. And she was a, an independent artist that dealt directly with people who wanted to commission a mural or a painting or a sign or anything. And I didn't even know I was being trained by watching her. So I already had art in my blood, I guess I could say. Um, 
it, it, it was great now that I look back. There's a lot of great photos. Um, and then that's kind of what led me to be so close to art. It kind of was so close to me, I couldn't get rid of it. So it's like I tried. I tried to study other things in school, and it was really hard. It was... It's in your blood from the very beginning. Yeah, it's something I can't escape. I just, I couldn't stop drawing. I couldn't stop doing all the things that a lot of kids do or a lot of young people do when they're really when you're really passionate about something you don't even realize you're doing it at a young age and you're doing it all the time right, right. and you could actually turn that into something that can be a profession whether it's gaming character design art um, you know some some kids at a really young age like to uh, do things that are uh, I don't know, business orientated or math or technology, and and you'll if you if you're not sure what you're passionate about, you'll know because you were doing it as a young kid or you liked it as a young kid. So that's kind of another connection for me. I was it was something I was around a lot. I was around a lot a lot of art, and I was also just some. It was something I ca I caught myself doing all the time. So when you when you say. You mentioned a little bit about what you were doing as far as the drawing and stuff like that, and you mentioned that you learned a lot about the business of, of art. Tell us a little bit about what you learned about the business and how that's influenced what you've been doing recently. Um, I would say the connection would be just dealing with people face-to-face. -face. It's, you know, in your mind it's like, oh, what's how to deal with this as a business, but you, you want to get to know the person, you want to know... I mean, there's so many things I could uh, branch out on. You know, you want to be a good business person. You also want to be friendly to your customer. Uh, that's a lot of, of what I saw with my mom. She she really connected with the, the customer, really listened to what they wanted, and she went out of her way to give good customer service, which is really important if you're trying to build a name or a reputation. Yeah, I think one of the things that a lot of businesses lack right now is that that personal feeling that you have yeah. like with your customers like you know when you think of like really big name brands they they show you a lot of really cool stuff but there's no real connection and I think as Disney fans I think one of the connections you always have with with Disney is your love for either the park your love and respect for Walt Disney your love and respect for Mickey Mouse and just kind of what Disney encompasses, you know, that happy family feeling that you get, that like warm and fuzzy that you get when, I don't know about you, but I mean, I walk into the park and I just want to get in the fetal position and start crying in happiness because Aww. I love it so much. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of brands don't really instill that, you yeah. know, in their, yeah. in, in the people that like them. And I think with Disney it's it's been one of the greatest things that you know has happened for them you know that that personality that they bring to the table yeah they're so, very charming they're very yeah charming close really to your heart you know yeah. and, and that's what I think that's why social media is so big right now because the young the younger people they're if they can't find it out in the world they're gonna create it for themselves and go out and get their own followers which is really cool because then people who are very talented and have something that they love they're showing it off and it's you know on a social media site and then everyone's following and they're growing so that's I think that's a great platform for any artist to start out I with. agree I and agree. share you know share your stuff a lot of people that I've met through where I work it's because of social media they follow you they're interested they want to see yeah yeah social media is social media has been great it, it's it's funny how in the last four to five years 
social media has just become the way to connect. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been around, obviously, for a lot longer. You know, you had your Facebooks and you had your MySpace and your Friendsters back in the day, but it's just how much that has encompassed our lives in the last two or three years is insane. Yeah. Like, you don't, like, think of, think of people that are dating. Like, I don't know if you've seen this in your circle of friends or anything, but think uh -huh. of the people that are dating. Before, I would see people say like, oh, well, what's your, what's your phone number? Like, what's your address or whatever? Now, the question is like, well, what's your Instagram name? Exactly. What's your Facebook page? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I know. You, don't, you don't see that. Like, you don't see people really dating. You don't see people, it's like, well, hit me up on Facebook. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. whatever happened to going to a movie? Yeah. You know? So it's crazy how it just kind of just wraps itself around you. Well, I think it makes things easier, basically. It does. For whoever it the does. type of person you are and what you have to offer, it's going to magnify that. So it's a good thing to connect because I started my business when I was younger and a lot of it was because of the internet. And, you know, I wasn't fully professional. I was just someone who was a young kid. I was a teenager. I was dabbling in the internet. I think eBay had just started coming out. And I was like, hey, I'm going to sell my own artwork on eBay. Right. And people were interested. And it was a passion, a hobby I had, and people were buying it, so I kept growing from there. But now you see all these other social media sites where they're not actually selling sites. They're just, you know, to post photos or right, to update right, right. statuses. You're actually selling stuff on accident. I sell, personally, my own miniature pet collection. That's all that I sell personally. Any other art that I do that's through Disney, I only sell through Disney. So I'm, I'm not selling any of that personally at the moment. But when it comes to my own brand, my own products, they do very well thanks to social media. So social media. that's something I recommend for anyone starting a business to, to learn that and learn that platform. Cool. So I'm glad you mentioned your miniatures because uh, I know that before you were known as a Disney-inspired artist, you know, you've done a lot in... I know the miniature community is just huge. I know that there's so many people that really love and are passionate about this. Tell us a little bit about how you got into creating miniatures and what inspires what you put into and how you make some of that stuff. Well, I guess first, right off the bat, a miniature that I deal with is a piece of artwork. It's a small scale uh, collectible piece of art. So it could be a replica of a real life chair or table or animal or person. And this isn't just like a toy for a little kid, it's actually a collectible for an adult that literally you could pay the same price for this miniature as the real life version that you could buy in real life. So I've seen miniatures that go up to $3,000 for one chair or a table. And that sounds outrageous, but that's the amount of craft craftsmanship and artwork that goes into these pieces. So that's that was my inspiration. I was going to the stores, and then the stores started dying off, the miniature stores. And what basically happened was um, the older generations were into miniatures, the handcrafted stuff, not the younger generations. And the thing that's happening now is the older generations are starting to learn Facebook, they're starting to learn eBay and the, the way to sell because they have to survive with their stores and so they're right. switching to internet and that's why the internet's been helpful but um, some people say it's a good thing and then some people say it's a bad thing but I personally think it's a good thing um, so I got into that world just as a collector as a hobbyist and I had such a huge response that I became a full-time business selling and creating my own miniature artwork 
and um, it may seem just like to anybody on the outside like something silly or petty, but it's actually a very lucrative business that I've been able to build. I'm full-time, independently running my own business. I don't work for anybody. It's been like that for the past 10 years. Wow, that's a really um, long time. That's good. And, and I live well, you know. I, I don't have to worry. Um, now I'm at the point where I'm taking on a lot of new art, a lot of new um, projects like the pumpkins, the Easter eggs, the fine art, and I love it because I've always been an annual pass holder. I've always loved collecting. So I've, I've got the mentality of the passionate collector as well as the passionate creator. So I'm kind of merging those two and I'm also merging the business side because I was actually um, kind of, I wasn't well informed about business when I was younger. I just wanted to continue to push my hobby forward and it cost a lot of money to do that. Right. So I found a way to make money, it was a trade-off, and then I found a way to increase my sales to where I'm not just covering my costs, but I'm making a lot more after that. So at that point, um, I continued to grow, continued to grow, I continued to meet people, and I met a lot of mentors. I, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have mentors. And these people are, I'd say, a lot older than I am. They've been around. They've, um, they're either successful business owners that have run companies for more than 20 years or have been in an industry for more than 20 years, artists business people and they've really they've enjoyed my presence and company and have decided to teach me what they know and through my social media skills my art skills and what I know I've been able to apply what I've learned with them and create something new which is my product my brand and my way to market it and make money and that, that's pretty much the bottom line to to where I think anyone wants to go anyone in society they want to have their own business their own work their own time schedule, their own money, and they don't want to have to go to that nine to five. Right, right. So. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because photography used to be one of those things where you would be taken in as an apprentice and you would find a photographer with a studio and you would learn everything from them, lighting techniques and posing techniques and all that stuff. But it's funny how the internet itself has spawned off all of these these places where you can go learn, you know, there's lynda.com and there's all these websites with professional photographers that are teaching you the craft and I feel like the fact that you mentioned that you have all of these people that have helped you out throughout, you know, throughout your career yeah. that you built is, is really great because that apprenticeship that used to be a very prominent part of anything that you did is, is being lost. And you don't see a yeah. lot of it now and you don't get a lot of it now, but I think it's important, you know, anytime that you get a chance and that's one of the things that I, I, I try to do is if somebody comes to me and they ask me for advice, I always do my best to try to answer them and there's there's a lot of people that have this half-hearted way of trying to share things because they're afraid of the competition and truth be told, I think I reached that point in my life at one point, but it wasn't until I realized that if, if they got to the point where I felt that they're better than me, why should I let it stop me? Maybe it should challenge me to get better myself, yeah, you know, exactly. to take that next step. Like, totally. why should I see it as a threat when I can see it as a challenge? You know, you, you, uh, I'm not sure, are you a fan of how I met your mother? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Barney's famous line for almost everything was always like, challenge accepted. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about things totally. like that. You know, no, that's, like, that's great. You know. That's so wonderful. Um, I would, I totally agree with you. I, that's the way I look at things. Um, when you're just getting started, you don't understand that. You, you see what's out there. You either feel less than, not good enough, 
or you feel like there's too much competition or negative energy around you that, uh, you know, may, or jealousies or any kind of weird thing that you're uncomfortable with, you're going to have to come across that at some point. And I don't think you need to you need to learn from it and turn it definitely turn it into a challenge and if you see something wonderful and amazing um, you look at it and you go wow if that guy can do that or this person can do that that means I can learn to be that much more or refined in my craft or there's another level it's almost like hey someone achieved something let's go unlock that level too no one can stop you so go go for it achieve it and and everyone gets down on themselves and everyone's going to deal with something like that. So, yeah, and you will have the moment where you, you see something and you, you may like it or you may not. But always, always the way I look at it is, hey, it's a stepping stone. And a stepping stone is a growing point. You always grow. You never stop growing. You always refine your craft. And be thankful for the little things that happen because that's what's going to take you to the next level. Learn to go with it. Definitely. Definitely. Now, uh, you're a big Alice in Wonderland fan, right? Totally. We're, we're, uh, as far as Disney, Alice, all that stuff, when you were drawing as a child, it, was it always like a lot of Disney stuff that you drew, or what did you concentrate on drawing when you were younger, when you were sitting with your mom at the studio while she was working? Well, um, she'd be doing, I remember she'd do some holiday things or Christmas decorations, and she'd paint people's walls or their windows, and I'd watch her all the time and she'd tell me things like, see this paintbrush? This is how you treat your paintbrushes. You see this paint? This is called acrylic paint. And it's very basic, simple stuff, but you'd be surprised at how many people don't know very simple, basic things. So she would teach me very simple things and while she was working, she'd be like, all right, you want to try this? Hold this paintbrush and move your wrist like this and push it upwards and make this line. And I was very nervous. And when, when we'd be doing this, there'd be people walking around or people who are actually paying for the mural or the artwork. They're watching you. So I was very nervous. But I did it. And I did a good job. And they were clapping. And I was a kid, you know, between 6 to 11 years old. And it was very funny. But it was very cute. And it was, for a kid, that's a big deal. And also with, with it, you know, I'd take my Barbies and my toys. And I'd play while my, my mom was painting. And I'd watch her. And it's actually sinking into the back of your mind, watching so yeah it's crazy how how much of that actually sinks in it really does i i i try to as much as possible i try to get um i have a four-year-old and a one-year-old and as much as possible i try to get my four-year-old especially now because he's kind of at that learning stage where he's just absorbing everything like a sponge and we we started our own little podcast called the Daddy and Noah Show. So Aww. every so often we'll just get together and we'll record this like five minute podcast. That's and, cute. Uh, it's, he loves it, and I, I have so much fun doing it with him because half the time he's just babbling. But I know <laughs> that most of what he's watching me do, or when I'm taking a photograph, you know, that's the other thing. Now he's picking up cameras, or he'll pick up the iPhone camera and he'll start yeah. taking pictures. Yeah. And he'll bring it over to me. He's like, Daddy, what about this one? Or, yeah. How about this one? And I'll sit there with him and I'll tell him, okay, hold it like this, hit this button, and try to do this, or try to do this, or try to do that. And it's funny because I'll look at some of the newer stuff that he's doing, and I'm surprised at how much he actually takes in of what yeah. I'm telling him. Yeah. And it's it's such a great age. you know. So I think your mom did an awesome job because... One, your paintings are phenomenal. Thank you. The detail that you put into the miniature stuff that you do is uncanny. Thank like, you. I mean, I, I I became such a fan of yours 
uh, I mean, I, I became a fan of yours when I saw the eggs, and then I started seeing how much of a craftsman you are as far as what you were doing with the miniatures. Like, I, I, I could only want to ever have as much discipline <laughs> as you have. And like you said, it's always that, that, that progression. It, it's always wanting a little bit more and pushing yourself towards that. Yeah. Giving yourself little goals and trying to achieve them. And I, I think that's one of the things that a lot of artists these days I feel are missing. I, I I know we talked about this off, off to the side, but you know, I help run the Citrus Art Walk, and we have a lot of artists um, that, that are fantastic. They are so good at what they do, but I think the, the disconnect happens with the business side. You know, they're really great at the artistic side, but they disconnect when it comes to that business side. And I think every artist needs to have a little bit of that business side, or else they're never going to succeed. Yeah. You know, the business side is what I feel like. That business side is kind of that that part of you that makes you want to to it, it, it makes you thrive. You know, it makes you move forward. And the artistic side is happy with what you're producing most of the time. Yeah. And that's not yeah. what you want. You know, you don't want to just be happy with what you're doing. You you want to make sure that you're moving forward with what you're doing. Yeah. Sometimes you don't specifically do what's the what's inspiring you or you want to do at the moment um you do what you you have your art pieces and your things that are the best sellers and maybe you don't exactly want to do them every single time but if it's what you're known for and what people want to buy you need to do that and you need to consistently do that um and build a reputation and come up with something new and there's a lot of aspects to being successful in what you do this could go for any business you have your product whether it's art or something else, and it's a good quality product that people actually like or enjoy genuinely, and um, yeah, a good sense of how to make money with it. It's pretty basic, and if you can't get it, well, you need to work on that a little more. There's so many options out there. You can go to school, you could get a mentor, you could go surround yourself with people who are the professionals in that industry or something close to it. It's all about building. It doesn't happen overnight. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, where would you say that your general love for Disney kind of where did it grow from, or how how early in your life do you remember it playing a major part in uh, it just being something that you really truly enjoyed? Um, I truly enjoyed it. Um, I, I can't even remember how old I was. I could have been four or five years old, and I had a lot of family that would come into town and. Of course, they're going to take Bridget because she's only four or five years old. So they're going to bring me along for their daily Disney trip and they're going to take care of me. Mom's going to stay at home and they're going to stay from park opening till park close. So for me, that was great. That's the way to do it. Right? Is there any other way? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I really enjoyed it as a kid. A lot of times it was school and, you know, go to work with mom. And I, I didn't love going to work with mom or going to school. I, I did love it, but... There's, I mean, there's something magical about Disneyland that a lot of people would prefer to be there than a lot of other places, but I, I was still a good student and I behaved well with my mom. Um, but yeah, it was those magical moments that you got to be there all day and you'd remember them. And every time someone came into town, I just loved Disney more and more and I'd save any little... I'd save the maps, the entrance maps of the, you know, the maps of the park. I'd I save those. Now. Yeah, I still do that once in a while. It's just cool. I have some old ones where I think, I don't know if Splash Mountain or Indiana Jones were in them yet. So, 
That's awesome. Yeah, I, they're, I love the 90s. I love the 80s and the 90s. Anything 80s and 90s, I'm like, that's awesome. I watch Disney, a lot of Disney cartoons, Disney Channel when I was a kid. Disney Afternoon? Oh, yeah, all day, uh, all the time. Too. What was your favorite Disney Afternoon cartoon? I liked Muppet Babies, Darkwing Duck, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, uh, DuckTales. I love DuckTales. I love yeah. Gizmo Duck. Yeah. Only because he's kind of the techie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I used to love Gizmo Duck. I love Rescue Rangers, too. It's a cute one. Um, I love Gummy Bears. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love the Gummy Bears. It was always crazy that they would drink that little juice and then all of a sudden they start bouncing <laughs> everywhere. That was kind of cool. All, this, I all I the cartoons. I even caught, you know, tail ends of uh, the Smurfs, um, Rocky and Bullwinkle, The Simpsons, anything that was a cartoon I was addicted to basically as a kid. Did you ever watch like Thundercats and stuff like that? Hardly, but I remember them. I used to love Thundercats and Silverhawks. And there was, uh, I used to watch a lot of He Man. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, yeah, She Ra. Yeah, She Ra. That was, that was really cool. Yeah. I used to, my, my grandmother used to watch me and my cousin when we were younger. And so it was always kind of this mishmash of like whatever I wanted to watch and then like Care Bears Aww. and My Little oh, Pony. Oh, Care Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, I remember so those. That and My Little Pony and Rainbow Bright and a couple of other things. And, I mean, Muppet Babies was one of them. Aww. There was always this crazy like mishmash. Like, I think at one point, um, uh, the Cabbage Patch dolls, the Cabbage Patch yeah, kids. Yeah, I remember that. Had, like I remember a TV that. show or something like that. Cabbage so, Patch. It's, it's hard really to remember cool. all of them. You'd need to go on YouTube and check out a list of all the '80s and '90s cartoons that were the best. But okay, so since you're since you love the '90s and you're such an Alice in Wonderland fan, do you remember a TV show? I guess it was on Disney Channel called Adventures in Wonderland with the girl from Full House. Oh, a little bit, yeah. yeah. A little. There were so many Alice versions. It's crazy. There's um, what was there? There was the one that there's a lot of like what was it like a, a British version there was and British a, version. a TV version and there's one where Whoopi Goldberg plays the Cheshire Cat. That one was cool. I remember that one. That one was cool. It, it might be this, <coughs> excuse me. It might be the same one as the one with the girl from Full House. Possibly, possibly. So, I don't know. But uh, where did your love for Alice come from? I had uh, some family members when I was little that would introduced me to old fairy tale books and that was one of the old versions that I really liked. It was the Lewis Carroll version actually and I really loved it and then I found out about Disneyland and Disney and I said wow they have an Alice too and so I really like that Alice as well. So it kind of just snowballed from there. What is what does the term Wonderland mean to you? Wonderland just means uh, a cool free place where you know anything can happen. Do you feel that when you're in Wonderland, you control what's happening to you? Wonderland, yeah, definitely. It's a place where kind of your imagination can run wild and cool things can happen and just, uh, yeah, something like that. So do you think it's like Bridget in Wonderland right now with like everything that's happening? Yeah, yeah. And you're kind of like <laughs> living what you want to do and how much you're enjoying it. Do you kind of feel it's like Bridget in Wonderland? It, yeah, it's pretty surreal. I, I can't really say I know what happened, but a lot of stuff's been happening. A lot of, a lot of opportunities, a lot of podcasts, a lot of TV things, a lot of artwork, new people. It's just all coming all at once and it's really cool. It's really fun. I something new every day, and uh, there's recognition for everything, and it's appreciated. I, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm definitely enjoying seeing you know all the success that you're having. 
Um, obviously, you know, like I said, when I met you, you already had a, a pretty good following as far as uh, the stuff that you do with the miniatures. But I think I connected with you as a fan because of the Disney stuff that you were doing. Uh-huh. And, you know, kind of all the success that you've been having recently, one, I believe is an inspiration to anybody. Thank you. That wants to do anything like what you're doing and like you said it, it has a lot to do with just doing what you want to do and enjoying what you're doing and just being really good at what you do yeah refine you always have to refine your craft no matter what it is um, your product your craft whatever you do um, there's a lot of aspects to it and you got to work you got to work a lot on what you do I, I don't I work non-stop um, I'll take my own hours and my own time, but there's times where I don't stop working. I have magazine articles to fill, things to record, art to make, sketches to make, um, emails to answer, uh, trips to book, a lot of travel because of the miniatures. I'm traveling to places like any kind of, all over America all the way to Philadelphia. Didn't you just come back from like Spain or something like that? Yeah, I also did uh, something related to miniatures. Uh, it's a worldwide hobby, so I, I visited Venice and uh, Greece, and we had a That's we so had a miniature party of like 30, 40 people on a cruise. So we actually, there was some classes, sales, it's a big convention, but it was not big compared to the size of the ship. It was a big ship, and our party was the one that was riding in it, but... There's so many things you can do. There's conventions and hotels, there's cruises, there's everything. Collecting do, stores. Do they do like classes? Um, I don't know. Uh, for some of the listeners, Bridget did something really cool recently at Scare LA, and I was so happy that I was able to attend. Uh, she and Joe Yakovetic did this really cool presentation on how they carve pumpkins. And it was really great to see because. When you think of pumpkin carving, a lot of people just go to, you know, to a big lots or whatever, and they pick up the little plastic tools with a crazy serrated edge, not very sharp knives, and they carve out their little pumpkins. Uh, but at that presentation, you guys were sitting there talking about how you use like linoleum cutters and clay sculpting tools and stuff like yeah. that. That was, that was inspiring to watch because you see this pumpkin and then you see the product after yeah Uh, as far as when you guys go on these cruises do you guys have workshops that you guys put together like that where you teach people how to do this how to paint them how to build them stuff like that um pumpkins are separate from miniatures but um as far as the pumpkin carving um it's like any profession there's always the beginning stage if you're a beginner you're not really sure what to do you go to the store you buy what you think you're supposed to you try it out and the more you get involved into something you find out that there's different levels different professionals um same with the miniatures we teach when we teach classes or go and learn a class you're basically upgrading your tools and your skill set your learning techniques just like any other profession or art there's techniques there's specialty tools and they're not always the first thing you're going to find at a craft store. Regarding going, going back to kind of some of the Disney stuff that you've done recently, uh, how, well, kind of wrapped up with how you said that you're always working. Like, obviously, you don't have a common 9 to 5 schedule, yeah. or what you would call a 9 to 5 you know, schedule. Yeah. Um, how would you describe, like, how early do you get up, how late do you fall asleep as far as 
how much you're working and how yeah. much you put into what you're doing? Uh, my days basically, um, I'll get up at nine or ten in the morning. Um, I could some days I'll wake up earlier, but if if I wake up late, I usually end up compensating for the hours later at night, um, or vice versa. So I get my certain amount of hours in no matter what. Um, I have I also have my own things to deal with like chores and errands that, that I'll just sprinkle throughout my day. Uh, but I basically have podcasts. Um, podcasts. Yep. <laughs> I have uh, my desk, I have different desks, I have an art, a painting desk, I have a miniatures desk, I have a drawing area, um, and every project that I have is basically a list, and it's waiting to be finished, and um, I have my computer area, so I have my emails and my list of emails of what art is a priority that needs to get done, and then I'll switch from desk to desk depending on what project I need to do. So if something has a deadline, I'm going to try and um, take care of that as soon as possible. Everything has a calendar, a date, and is booked, basically. Okay. So since you're an Alice fan, okay. uh, first of all, are you more of a princess girl or a villain's girl? Um, I think I, both. It just depends. It depends on the situation and the person. Yeah, it just depends. But if, I love both for if, different reasons. If the princesses were hanging from a ledge... And the villains were hanging from a ledge. Who would you say first? Um, that's going to be really hard to answer. <laughs> I never thought you'd throw out a question that way. Because I, I don't see anyone falling off ledges. So. No, they don't. It's just one of those hypothetical, like, which child do you love more? It's like, uh, no, you have yeah. two hands. You pull them both up. You know. So. Exactly. Uh, cool. So, if you could choose a favorite princess, who would it be? Favorite princess? Um... It's, it's hard to say because I love Ariel because it was my first movie in the movie theaters. Um, but I love the artwork in Sleeping Beauty. And then I know Alice Wonderland's not a princess, but I really like her too. And I really like Jessica Rabbit. So it's kind of really hard to say. That's a really big gamut. I know. <laughs> that's kind of cool, actually. That's a, that's a very wide gamut. And like Jasmine, I mean, her pants. Oh, yeah. I love Jasmine's outfit. I mean, I can't can't say no to Jasmine. Yeah, I uh, just a, a a quick fact about me. I know every single song on the Little Mermaid soundtrack. Wonderful. Yeah. Usually when we're in the park, I'm usually singing. <laughs> okay, cool. It gets annoying sometimes. Yeah, that happens. Uh, who's your favorite villain? Um, I'm gonna say between Evil Queen and Maleficent. Mm. Dragon or regular? Uh, I'd say regular. Yeah. All right. So I wanted to play a little game with you. Okay. Five simple questions. Let's see, and they have to be rapid fire. Okay, rapid fire. Go ahead. And how great you know the Alice in Wonderland movie? Okay. This is the animated version, not the Tim Burton version. Animated version. You ready? Okay. You center. I go ahead. (laughs) Rapid fire. Here we go. What is the name of Alice's cat? Dinah. What does the caterpillar smoke? Hookah. What is the number on the Mad Hatter's hat? Uh, 1016? Oh, close. 1033? Uh, 10, uh, One more try. 10, it's got a 6. How about 10-6? That's it. Oh, okay, good. I knew it. I knew do it. You, do you know what it means? Um, the size of... The cost or the size? It's the cost of okay, the yeah, It's yeah, 10 yeah. shillings over 6 pence. That's a, that's a tough question. It is a tough question, yeah. Gosh. Um, next one. What are the color... What what color are the cards painting the roses? Red. Do you know the song? 
Yes, I do. Well, how does the song go? Painting the rose is red. Painting the rose is red. Now you got bonus points. And final question. What game does the Queen of Hearts like to play? Croquet. Yeah. Wow, you got pretty much everything. Right on. High Thank five. you. Awesome. <laughs> that was pretty... So you that do was, know the Alice It was the hat. That, that was just the hard question. I think that's the one that trips everybody up. When they yeah. asked me the question, I was like, isn't it like three-fourths or something? I know. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's nothing even like Alice. I didn't study oh. for this, okay? Well, that's what makes it cool. Okay. That's why it's a rapid-fire quiz. Cool. Well, uh, I want to thank you for the sure. time that you've taken. Uh, I think there was a lot of insightful things that, that you were able to share with our audience. Uh, I hope that a lot of the artists, especially, that listen to the podcast take a lot of what you said and they understand that especially anytime and, it, and I don't mean just artists like painting or drawing or anything I mean artists in any format like photography uh, painting or even musicians that there's always going to be those times where you feel discouraged but it's, it's a matter of how you move into that next step and how yep. you progress in your yep. life and just how you move forward. Yeah, definitely. So. Always move forward, no matter what. Give yourself that chance. Yeah, it's always a it's always a, a really good thing to have. So Well thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I, I very, very much enjoyed it. I hope it hasn't been too messy or too messy, too noisy. Uh, again, Bridget, thank you so much uh, for everybody listening. Please tell them where they can find you on all the social links and stuff um, like that. In general, if you look me up on Facebook or Instagram, it's the username Bridget McCarty Art. Are you on Twitter or Twitter? Twitter yeah, um, right now it's under Dollhouse Pets okay. or Bridget McCarty, but I think Dollhouse Pets is my username right now. Right on. Alright guys, uh, we are going to sign off because it is getting very, very crowded and very, very noisy. So again, thank you Bridget. Uh, hope you guys all enjoyed that. And until next week, here's to beers, cheers, and Nikki ears. See you guys next week.